At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I saw a uh, I saw a disturbing uh, story from Bloomberg uh, last week, and I haven't mentioned it because I wanted to make sure I had some facts on it. I called Carol Roth. I called everybody I know, and they were like, "God, that doesn't seem well." I don't know. Uh, let me look into it. Carol is here to explain this. Here's what I found in Bloomberg: Asia has net imported gold from the West. Since April, the trade flow into China, 160 tons of gold into India, 80 tons into Turkey, 62, Thailand, 38 tons, Saudi Arabia, 20 tons, Malaysia, four tons, Hong Kong, three tons. Where do they get all this gold? Well, the UK sold 15 tons of gold from their treasury. 32 tons South Africa, Canada 33, Australia 34 tons, and the United States of America sold 136 tons of gold. Did we send that to China? Why are we selling gold when smart money would be buying gold? Hopefully Carol will have an answer for us in 60 seconds. By the way, uh, as we're talking about this, let me tell you about Goldline. The United States top uh, economists are saying that we will enter a recession in the coming 12 months if we aren't already in one. The only reason why we're still debating this is because the Republicans don't have control of the House or the Senate. As soon as they get control of the House or the Senate, I can guarantee you we're in a recession and it's their policies that put us into one. In fact, Joe Biden said it just this weekend. They're going to collapse the economy. That's their plan to collapse the economy. Oh, shut up. How do we. So say, how do we how do we deal with the the amount of lies and smoke screens that are put out. Well, you just have to know what's true. What is true always has value. The dollar won't always have value because it's no longer true. There is no full faith and credit in the United States of America anymore. So what is true? What does the world always respond to? Gold. They 
always look what China is doing and India. And then look at what we're doing. Goldline has a deal this week on their historic graded $5 gold Indian coins. With every box of 20 of the graded coin, you're going to receive 100 of the silver Mind Your Business bars at no cost. That's a great deal. Both of these items are ideal for barter. Not that I would suggest you would do this. I'm a coin collector myself. 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Carol, please tell me there's... There's, I'm reading too much into this. Please tell me. Please tell me. So th- this has been a little bit of a Nancy Drew mystery for me, Glenn. I saw this uh, Bloomberg piece as well, and it was a little bit of a head scratcher. So I'm going to take you through some of the things that I found, and hopefully we can piece this together. Okay. I, this so is it, really weird because I, I mean, I went to some really big brains that know this kind of stuff. No one had an answer for me. Okay, so I think so. I'm going to wrap it in a bow first and then I'm going to walk it back. But I think this is the short term trader mindset versus people who have a long term view on the world. So this is short termism versus long termism. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that we have to understand, the first thing I did is went, oh, my gosh, all of this gold is flowing east. Or where is it coming from? So is, is, is our central bank that dumb that they're selling gold? So I pulled up a chart of central banks and central banks have actually been net buyers of gold for most of the year since April, which is the same time period as the chart this April to August. They have pretty much everybody is a purchaser of gold. There's almost you know, just a Including tiny us. little bit of selling every central bank in the world, which means that we're even if we're not purchasing it, we're not selling any. There's almost no net sales. So that means our central bank isn't the one that's selling this. So we'll take that off the table do you is this uh, here's what i couldn't figure out either is the treasury the same as the central bank (laughs) does the central bank have all of the treasury's gold so (laughs) so they're they're probably not but let me walk through where i think this is coming okay okay all right so the second piece i went to is the consumer market and consumers seeing what's going on with inflation, understanding that a recession's here and that it's going to get worse next year, have also been buying. And by the way, we can't supply them. So both here in the U.S. as well, particularly in the East, much more in the East, there's been an additional premium. And so I'm going, what's going on here? What you have to understand about the market for gold is that the prices for the gold that you, when you call gold line to buy your gold, like you and I do, Glenn, you're buying physical gold. But that price isn't being set by the supply and demand of you and I buying it. It's being set by the futures market, by these traders who are trading contracts. And all the all of these derivative products, the options, the futures, they are so much larger than the underlying product. And yes, if this sounds like a familiar story, it is one. But the, the, the research estimates put the side of these futures market at 200 to 300 trillion dollars of value being traded when but the there's underlying no, there's supply no gold. of gold. Yeah. The underlying supply of gold is like 11 to 12 trillion dollars. This is so why they, I say all the time, <laughs> don't buy paper gold. Don't do it. it. Don't do it. You will be worthless in the end. Exactly. So let me tell you what's happening. So these traders 
are looking just not at what's happening in terms of the physical supply and demand, but they're looking at you know little blips on their screen and they're saying, oh, well, historically, when we have a, a strong dollar, that means that's not good for gold. So we should probably get out of it as the Fed tightens their monetary policy. They have gotten to the point where they these crazy traders are actually net short on gold, meaning that they have sold more than they have. And this is only the third time since 2014 that this has happened. It's happened in 2015. It happened in 2018. And what my researchers have told me is both of those times, as you can imagine, when you have all of these shorts out there, but this crazy macroeconomic environment, it is prime for a short squeeze. And that has set major floors and there has been huge rallies in gold. So once again, we have the financialization of a product, a product that is very important to us, um, you know, being bastardized by Wall Street. And what happens in China and in India and in other parts of Asia is that they're smart. They go, well, the price is falling. We should load up on it. Buy low, <laughs> sell high. So they actually create a floor for the, the price of gold because they know they can get it at cheaper prices than it, it's actually worth. And so they go in and they load up on it. And that's the tenor of what has been happening here, which is just complete insanity. So my speculation is that institutional investors gold that is flowing because these traders are you know doing the same thing that the traders always do. They're being short-term, grubby, greedy, and not looking at the bigger macro environment. But then that means that we're doing that. That we, as a nation, are 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 we're going to be the opposite of the big short, <laughs> right? We're we're I mean, selling when we should be buying. So the good news is our central bank, um, our country has, and it, again, this is if this is true, right? So I'm just going to report what's being reported. I can't, I did not go to Fort Knox and verify that the gold yeah, is actually there, but we actually have the most gold in the world per, by a country. I don't know if I believe that, but they say, they say that is 85 or 84. 8,100 tons. 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 Yeah. How much is that worth? I knew you were going to ask me that question, and it was Monday, and I, my calculator wasn't big enough. Uh, so, try it. It's a, just, lot. Cause I, a lot. Because I look at it, I, and I, I think it's 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 in the two or three-digit trillions. Give me the number one more time. It is... Uh, 8,100 tons. 8,100 tons, which is thirty-two th about 32,000 ounces per ton. Okay, 32,000 ounces per ton. Yeah, and gold is trading at about $1,700 an ounce. Right. So how much is... If they say we have this, uh, to me, it makes no sense. But seventeen hundred dollars an ounce, you said. Yeah. Correct. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, it's a big number. Uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Try to figure here. it out. I know. Hold on. Uh, okay, here we this go. Is a, this is a lot for a Monday, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, four hundred and forty billion dollars plus. No, 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 billion. It's got to be more than. It's got to be higher than that. It's higher than that. Yeah. You said, well, it's got to be it's, trillion. You said yeah, thirty-two thousand. You. See, I mean, I'm going by your numbers here. Thirty-two thousand so. ounces. Yep. Per times eight, thirty-two thousand times, times eighty-one hundred 80, times seventeen hundred times seventeen hundred. Right. So I'll do it again. Uh, thirty eighty-one hundred times thirty-two thousand times seventeen hundred is let's see. Yeah, okay. Yeah, four hundred and forty billion. No. So again, I think maybe you're. Is your are you sure about that number of thirty-two thousand ounces per? I don't know. Well, I, will, I will look at. I will look at. Look it up. Too low. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's way too low. Mm -hmm. It's it's got to be in the trillions. 
It's got to be in the trillions. Ounces to tons. It, it's, pro- it's probably somewhere, I would say, between... Four hundred forty billion and a trillion dollars. I don't. I don't know from just from the because again, like you said, it's it's just the central bank piece of it. But at any rate, wow. the U.S. the U.S. has more than um, you know any other individual country. The eurozone as a group actually has more than the U.S. And on a you know sort of tons to GDP you know value standpoint, um, you know we are you know. We are we are not quite at our GDP, but we're in a sort of good position. Um, the only ones that are really stacking up via their GDP is the eurozone and Russia, and now China is starting to continue to add to that. So, um, you know, it's it's a very strange situation, and it's also a strange situation, Glenn, if you think about the fact that the traders are doing this based on quote unquote dollar strength, because they are looking at the dollar's strength versus other currencies, but they are not looking at the dollar's lack of strength at home. The dollar is not strong when you go to buy your groceries or you go to pay your rent or you go to heat your house. And so that is the challenge. That is what we are. When we go and we buy physical gold, that's one of the things that we are protecting against, this continued debasement in the value of the dollar. So there really is a setup here potentially for you know, some sort of a squeeze or even the collapse at some point here of the paper gold market, which means then eventually things would change to going off the the actual spot price, the, the, the supply and demand, which is how this should be based to start. OK, so I should not be worried that Bloomberg's <laughs> headline is gold's great migration sends bullion rushing east. No, I think you should be worried. And I think the reason that you should be worried is because the people in Asia are taking a, a long-term, long-term view okay. and the people in right. the West are not. And that is going to come back to bite us. And by the way, usually this ends up flowing back when the price goes high in the past, it has flowed back, you know, cause of course we're going to buy it at the higher price, right, which is so stupid. No which makes no sense. But the people I'm talking to who really know this stuff say not this time. This is we're in a new financial world order. Something is going to shift here. And so don't expect that flow to come back the other way. Wow. One yeah. last thing uh, with you, Carol, and I appreciate your work on this because I, I couldn't I couldn't make heads or tails <laughs> of this. Um, and our gold situation is so not transparent in America um, it's a travesty. It, it really is. Something is. needs to change with this market. Yep. It does. Um, the, um, uh, the other question is, we just sent the 101st Airborne uh, over to support NATO. Uh, the Pentagon said this weekend, we are ready to, we're ready to go to war if we have to go to war with uh, Russia and Ukraine. What, what does war mean to our economy if, if it starts with Russia? I mean, you know, there's obviously a bunch of layers of different scenarios, depending on how bad it is. Um, Certainly the defense sector will be doing very well. um, And it's just a question of, you know, how much since it's being fought over there, you know, how much of what we're doing ends up being disrupted or does it end up being something that looks more like the recent wars that we've had and, you know, Afghanistan and, and the like. So I think it really depends on the scope. But certainly, you know, if we get into a big escalation here, um, and this, you know, becomes something that is like a, a, a world war, a true world war. 
uh, I think we can all, you know, pretty much not take a, a big leap of faith to guess that that is not going to be a good sign for our economy, particularly at the time when the economy is breaking down and the Federal Reserve has been taking steps to damage the economy, to do that, quote unquote, demand destruction, to create higher unemployment, all of those things. Um, you know, not that there's ever a good time for war, but it will just exacerbate those issues. Okay, um, I would love for you to look into uh, something else. Um, right now, Biden is saying the GOP is going to collapse the economy. What he's what he's saying is they're going to shut down the government. But that is a lie. You can shut the government down, pay your bills, and not go uh, defunct. Can you? I not? Would, I would love them to. I mean, that's the best thing ever. When they shut down the government, then they can't spend any money. Uh, He is basically setting this up because he knows that the Republicans have a strong chance here and he knows that the economy is going into a worse position. So he's basically setting up the blame for the things that he has created. He's already pinning it on what is going to happen. Right. I'd like you to look into how the government actually pays its bills and you don't you don't go into default if you're a nation. Um, if you if you shut down, there are ways to do it so you don't go into default. So yes, we can and stop we can, the scare and we can, tactics. And we can bust this. Um, you know, I have this great deficit myth when you have a one point four trillion dollar yes. deficit on forty percent more spending. Would love yeah. would love to chat about that. With yeah. You. Okay. Good. Thank you very much, <laughs> Carol. We'll have you on maybe later this week. We'll cover both of those things. Uh, Sounds great. That's Carol Roth. Week. You can uh, f- you can follow Carol uh, at 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 Carol Roth. Uh, uh, carolroth.com slash Glenn is uh, where you'll be taken to her page, uh, where you'll find all the information she does with us. Carolroth.com slash Glenn. At any point, I am willing to commit okay, to the idea I, you that 8,100 times 32,000 times 1,700 is 440 billion plus a change. That does not seem like enough, does it? I, does it? I don't know. I mean, I, no, I, mean, I know the math. It's a lot. The math is the math. But I kept, I kept looking at that, and I was... <laughs> I, I wasn't. I don't know what you're saying. What, what do you mean? You're driving in the car and doing this? And no, I, not me. <laughs> Wait, you're. But I. Hmm. But I, I kept looking the number, and I'm like, I, I can't even. That, that, how many? How many digits is that? I. I, I <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you shouldn't be looking at the number I while should, you're driving. I'm not. I wasn't. Please, of authorities, not. arrest uh, this man. All right. Uh, you know what's uh, what's worse than biting into an apple and uh, finding finding a worm or a rotten spot. Um, you know, the worst, worse than that is, uh, biting into an apple and finding half a worm. That's probably worse. What's worse than that? Cybercrime. I mean, I was out of things to say. What's worse than finding out about cybercrime? Finding out it happened months ago and now it's finally catching up to you. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. We do everything online, everything. Uh, I, I will tell you. Um, we are going to have massive disruptions if we go into war. I pray we do not. But if we go into war, um, we're going to have a cyber war. Uh, Russia is ready for it. And a lot of things are going to be lost. Please, please don't cut cybersecurity out of your life. You can prevent I, all, uh, I, you can prevent identity theft, but not in all cases. And you really have to be vigilant. 
That's why I have Norton on my side. Norton, LifeLock. LifeLock by Norton works for me, works for my family. We've had it for years. They've saved us several times. And now you can save 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK. Save 25% now. LifeLock.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. should give you some idea too on how we just don't have enough gold to run the world's economy i mean we're four tri- no i'm sorry we're 31 trillion dollars in debt 31 trillion dollars in debt you tax 100 percent on every rich person in america top 10 percent. you take it away it doesn't cover one year that's it you pay the gold, $400 billion worth of gold. That's nothing. We spend $400 billion when they sneeze in Washington. That's crazy. I, you know, again, I don't know this stuff as well as you do. I am just, you know, just doing the math here. But that's, it's, it's still a lot of money. <laughs> you know, it, it's still it a used lot of to money. be a lot of money. it used to be. Remember when four hundred billion dollars was a lot? I keep going back to you know. I guess it's because you know these stories from your life and your your lived experience. But my lived experience as we were entering into sort of national politics, and you were you know the show was starting to take off, and you know as far as the television thing goes, I just remember debating that seven hundred and eighty-seven billion dollar bailout bill. You know, I remember talking about how what a big deal that was the the stimulus bill. $787 billion. And John Kerry, you know, I mean, going back all the way to Kerry, you remember these big numbers. I used to vote for the $87 billion before I voted against it. I mean, all of these things that are there and they used to be big numbers are no longer big numbers. That's that's a problem. People should notice it more. Uh, coming up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you why the government cannot fix our problems. How it'll only make our problems worse. I read something by Charles Hughes Smith of Two Minds uh, this weekend, and I learned the Glenn Beck program, the history of rat farms. That's coming up in just a second. <laughs> so, if you're somebody who prides yourself on planning ahead um, and and getting ahead of all those difficult things or emergency situations, what do you have in mind if your car is out of warranty and breaks down? Because, of course, it's not an if. It is a when. And car expenses can really set you back if you're not prepared for them, especially these days. CarShield offers protection plans for around 100 bucks a month. I mean, it used to be when I was growing up, you know, you could go to the Pep Boys or whatever, and you could get the parts that you needed, and you and your dad could change the car part or whatever. Can't do that now. And it is into the thousands of dollars. Repairs... <laughs> I had one repair that was six times the cost of my first car, and it was in an old truck. It's crazy. You've got to have some sort of insurance on this. That's what CarShield is. They'll have your back when your car breaks down. Get coverage like I have. CarShield.com slash back. CarShield.com slash back or call 800-391-8888. 800-391-8888. CarShield.com slash back. 
New Blaze TV membership costs less than $440 billion. Find out how much at blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here. Uh, I want to show you why central planning never works and why the free market always does. Because the free market doesn't have to anticipate things. It reacts to things quickly. Let me give you uh, an example. <laughs> I, I, I looked into rat farming uh, over the weekend. Don't ask me how. Don't ask me why. But it started with uh, an, all, an article written by Charles Hughes Smith of Two Minds blog. And uh, it is fascinating. And it takes you back to around the turn of the century, 1900. And it is the story of how colonial authorities in Hanoi came to establish two kinds of rat farms. And one was intentional. The first, the first rat farm was unintentional. The French colonial authorities decided to modernize the French quarter of Hanoi, where the Westerners lived, by constructing a modern sewer system. The goal was establish a little Paris in the east. Now, their understanding of sewers was limited to the first order effect. First order, second order effect, important to understand. First order effect, that's, so this is where it ended. Sewers collect and dispose of human waste. That's first order. What are you trying to do? Build a, build a sewer. Well, what's the effect of that? Well, it's going to take all the flushy parts and flush them out into the ocean or wherever. Okay. That's all they understood. They didn't, they didn't anticipate the second order effect, which was sewers are paradises for rats. Now, there was a whole new rat's nest ready to crawl through all of these pipes, and it was full of food that rats just loved. So the second order is unintended consequences. First order is, that's what we're going to do. Second is, oh, crap, we just did this. It was a good thing. Now we've created this problem. Okay. So second order effects, consequences have their own consequences, and so on, and so on. So the rats started in the sewers, and they began roaming the streets of Hanoi, not exactly the Paris of the East. So the bubonic plague hits Hanoi, 2000, or I'm sorry, in 1902. And now you've got a, a, a real health crisis going on. What caused the health crisis? Oh, the rats, which were caused by the sewers, which was caused by the idea, I really want to have a nice Paris-type town. So, what did they do? Well, they hired crews to go down into the sewer and kill the rats. It was not fun, crappy work, but um uh and hazardous. Now, they killed thousands of rats every single day, but rat fertility is more than a match for the extermination crews. So then 
the city said, you know what? Everybody, you catch a rat. You catch a rat. We'll give you a bounty for every dead rat. Well, everybody got involved. And then it was, you know, we got a pile of dead rats. Just bring us the tail. Because the pile of rats waiting to be disposed of was too expensive. So what did they want to do? Make sure they didn't have a pile of dead rats. Unintended consequence by saying, okay, just bring us the tail. Rat farms began to uh, sprout up because you could cut the tail of a rat off and hand it in. And I'm not sure if the rat would grow another way or another tail, but it would at least be there to breed. That's incredible. I love this scam. Is this not great? Right? So they discovered that they had they had started to have perverse incentives. Rat farms were built all around Hanoi by private sector entrepreneurs to maximize the harvesting of profitable rat tails. So, in effect, the government created two rat farms. Both unintended, really. The sewers and the private sector rat farm. In 1998, the Vietnamese authorities closed restaurants selling cat meat. Which was marketed as little tiger meat. Because they thought of it, you know, if the cat population decreased, rats would invade the rice fields. Showcasing the same mentality that had happened before. Happened, happened again, happened again. Rats. And what do we do with the rats? Here's the thing. If you look at our society now, everything we are trying to fix, let's fix education. Let's fix, let's fix healthcare. Let's fix homelessness. We're going to fix our intelligence gathering, our national defense. What do we do? We pour all kinds of money into this sewer system and who's in the sewer system people who are now administrators support staff consultants con artists con artists some good people in there but the system wants the money to keep flowing so they're not incentivized to actually solve a problem they actually become people to protect the paradise of more and more funding. This is, why, this is why the free market works and why the government must get out of the market. Because once they start protecting their boys, it becomes a rat hole. It's another rat farm. You've got to get the government out. Out of the farming business, out of the rat problem, because they're the biggest source of them. <sighs> this reminds me of a of a story I freaking love from a couple of weeks ago. The in New York they had a gun buyback. Oh, exactly right. Right, and they look first order effects. We're going to get guns off the streets, and we're going to make everybody safer. Of course, they don't, they don't think of the second order, which means that law-abiding citizens can no longer protect themselves. But I'm not even talking about that one. One guy saw how stupid it was and got his 3D printer out and started 3D printing uh, a small device that can convert firearms into fully automatic weapons. 
under the rules of the buyback, uh, and this is by Letitia James, by the way, in New York, and city police, that entitled him to $350 for each printed part, including a $100 premium since they were deemed ghost guns lacking serial numbers. So these are just little 3D printed parts. He kept doing it and doing it and doing it and eventually made himself $21,000 for just printing the book. He's never going to use to as automatic weapons. And he shouldn't go to jail? No. Oh, no. He should, no, I don't think he is. He played by the rules. Exactly right. Did exactly what they asked him to do. Exactly right. Made $21,000. He said he did not do it for the money, however. He said he called the, buy, the idea of buybacks ridiculously stupid adding that, quote, the people running this event are horribly uneducated about guns, gun crime, and the laws surrounding the regulation of guns. <laughs> I want to give you one other story that's been in the news. It is uh, Steve Bannon going to prison. You might not care. Your friends may not care. That's a pretty important thing. He was found guilty on two criminal misdemeanor counts of contempt of Congress for failure to comply to the January 6th committee's subpoena. One count was for his refusal to appear for a deposition. The other was for his refusal to produce documents. Both come with a minimum punishment of one month in prison, up to a year, and $100, up to $100,000. Now, so you know, Contempt of Congress has been around since the 1790s. It was made a criminal offense in 1857. Every person who had been summoned as a witness, authority, either House of Congress, give testimony or produce papers, willfully makes a default or who, having appeared, refuses to answer any questions pertinent to the question under the inquiry, shall be deemed guilty of a misdemeanor. The, the decision to prosecute is not made by Congress. It's made by the DOJ. So that's where you get Lois Lerner. Lois Lerner was held in contempt of Congress, but she was never tried. Eric Holder, found in contempt for the operation of Fast and Furious. They, de they decided, the DOJ, not to prosecute. Okay. Has anybody ever been prosecuted for this? Yes. A couple of people. DOJ went to Rita Lavelle. She was a former EPA official. She was charged with contempt of Congress during an investigation into mismanagement of about a billion dollar toxic waste cleanup program. She was acquitted in 83 by a jury, but she was imprisoned for lying to Congress. Lying to Congress. DOJ has to push that. 1974, G. Gordon Liddy. Found guilty of two counts of contempt of Congress, giving a suspended sentence, six months and a year of probation, since he was already serving time for his role in Watergate. That was the Department of Justice. So who's been sent to prison for contempt of Congress? Well, um, Steve Bannon. Oh, you want me to? Well, I found one in 1961. Uh, but 1961, it was Frank Wilkinson and Carl Braden. They were jailed after refusing to testify before the House Un-American Activities Committee. 
Oh, and the Hollywood 10. You always hear about the Hollywood 10. What a miscarriage of justice that was. These guys went to prison just because they wouldn't turn their friends in. Hollywood 10 jailed for refusing to cooperate with the House of Un-American Activities Committee. That was the last time anyone went to prison. Isn't it interesting that only when we no longer understand civil rights, when we have a government that is out of control, that's when we put people in jail. Well, at least political prisoners in jail. I don't mind if people go to jail for this as long as it's a thorough list. You lie to Congress. You refuse to show up with papers. Go to jail and go to jail happily in some ways like the, the 10 did because they know you'll, uh, we're going to be remembered in history as being on the right side of freedom of speech. But to put Steve Bannon in and not Lois Lerner, not even suggesting that the DOJ even look into it, nothing to see there. Or a gun running operation under Holder and nothing happens. If they can do that to Steve Bannon, they will do it to you. Think back the other day when we, when we had uh, a good economy in the country. Wow, I was a kid. No, I wasn't a kid. Wow, that was just uh, two years ago. Little surprise to realize that um, things can change. Kind of just hits you sometimes, you know. Inflation wasn't out of control. The market was up. Business was booming. We hadn't, hadn't entered the age of ice cream president yet. Oh, what's your favorite flavor? I hope those days are coming back. In the meantime, how's your financial house holding up? Educate yourself now on with American financing on, on what you can do to save money. They're saving money, about $700 a month for the, the average savings for people that call them up. It could be you. Salary mortgage-based consultants. So they're working for you. They're not working for the bank. They're not hiding anything from you. There's no upfront fees, hidden fees, no pressure, no obligation. You're not going to experience any of that stuff. You're going to get amazing customer service. From the group that has been America's home for home loans for over two decades, see if they can't help you with your bills. Call them now, American Financing, at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Glenn Beck. Join the conversation, 888-727-BECK. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Uh, so last Friday, uh, the 21st, the White House apparently meeting, having a long discussion. What do we do? What do we do? Presented with options. I don't know what his options were, but the option that he chose was to send in the 101st Airborne. First time the 101st has been on the ground in Europe since World War II. They are now ready to go in case we you know, want to go in. Um, it was October 22nd 
October 22nd, 1962, that the president was, again, looking at Russia and the threat of nukes. And he was presented with a list of options. What to do? He decided uh, wisely between these five options. Do nothing. Soviet missiles aren't new. Use diplomacy to pressure the Soviet Union to move, remove the missiles. Use a secret approach. Offer Castro a choice of either being with the Soviets or being invaded by Americans. Invasion, force uh, a full force invasion of Cuba to overthrow Castro. Uh, use an airstrike, the U.S. Air Force, to attack all known missile sites. Or blockade. Now, blockade was an act of war. So he didn't blockade. He used a quarantine. And for those few days in October, the world sat and watched. It was the Cuban Missile Scare, 35 days. Is anybody talking about the Ukrainian Missile Scare? We just blockaded. We just put our 101st right on the border of Ukraine so we could go in and help them. What is going to be the Russian response? The Glenn Beck Program.